Hello, and welcome to MedEd Thread, a Cleveland Clinic Education Institute podcast that explores the latest innovations in medical education and amplifies the tremendous work of our educators across the enterprise. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of MedEd Thread, Cleveland Clinic Education Institute podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Lippman. I'm a colorectal surgeon, the DIO and Director of Graduate Medical Education here at Cleveland Clinic. And today, I'm really pleased to be joined by Paris Kibera. She's a resident physician at Cleveland Clinic's Akron General Hospital and is going to be speaking with us a bit about her work with the Food as Medicine Project as part of the scholarship she's doing during her residency training. So Paris, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Dr. Lippmann. It's my pleasure to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up in Kenya and have lived in the United States for uh, the past 20 years. I have lived in Northeast Ohio for the majority of that time. So Northeast Ohio is uh, like second home to me. I live in the Cleveland area uh, in one of the West Side suburbs. And I have a nine-year-old son who just started fourth grade. That's great. So the listeners will see on the uh, notations here, you have a lot of letters after your name. I counted. You have more letters after your name than in your name. So talk to us a little bit about your pathway through all these different degrees. So all my training and career pursuits have been in the helping professions. I originally trained as a social worker. I have a bachelor's and master's degree in social work. And a couple of years after I attained my Master of Social Work, I embarked on doctoral studies in social welfare at the University of Washington in Seattle. Uh, Along the way, I ended up enrolling in the Master of Public Health program there in uh, global health. And uh, the common thread in all my prior training is that I focused on uh, health. I was uh, very invested in health and uh, worked on uh, areas of health such as mental health, maternal health, HIV AIDS, healthcare delivery, and uh, global health, as I mentioned. Uh, So I was already very uh, deeply entrenched in the field of health when I decided to pursue a career as a physician. And I wanted to be a central part of the movement uh, that was happening in medicine. In the last decade or so, there's been an increased focus on social determinants of health, in health disparities, all areas which I felt aligned very well with my prior training in the social sciences and in public health. So I was very excited to pursue a career as a physician. So Paris, you joined the clinic through the transformative care continuum, which allows you to begin your training in medical school with the goal of going through into your family practice residency. Tell me about that process and how you got into that. Yes. So uh, TCC, Transformative Care Continuum, is a partnership between Ohio University and uh, Cleveland Clinic. Uh, I was part of the inaugural uh, TCC class, the Ohio University's Cleveland campus, which is located at Cleveland Clinic South Point Hospital. Uh, So TCC is a fast-tracked combined medical school and family medicine residency program. Uh, Students in the program, there are eight in each cohort, complete three instead of four years of medical school and are pretty much to one of the family medicine residency programs through the Cleveland Clinic. One of the programs is Akron General, which is where I'm located, and the second program is uh, Liquid Family Health Center. So a core part of the TCC curriculum is population health, which means that the program trains students to uh, develop a knowledge base and skill sets to keep communities healthy, 
by addressing the root causes of diseases that are highly prevalent, that account for uh, high morbidity and mortality, and also contribute to um, a high burden on the health system and society. So chronic diseases such as obesity, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, and uh, heart disease. So you basically were matched into your residency program without even starting medical school. Correct. That's how the TCC program works by design. And the beauty of that is that you become familiar with your future residency site or home and can even begin to forge relationships with faculty there, with uh, other senior residents there who in the future will become your colleagues. Yeah. So that must really have allowed you to become enmeshed in that environment and develop a a very deep understanding of the kind of work that you hope to do. Yes, absolutely. I uh, was able to delve into the Akron area communities and uh, do some research uh, as part of my training, uh, medical school training, and as part of the TCC curriculum on some of the problems and uh, issues that were prevalent in the communities, as well as the uh, diseases that community members and the health system, Akron in general in particular, was trying to address. Now, as part of that, this led you into the Food as Medicine project, if I understand correctly. Correct. So talk to us a little bit about that. What is the Food as Medicine project and what has your role been in developing this? So I developed the Food as Medicine project with the vision of trying to promote healthy eating and possibly impact chronic disease markers among patients with chronic diseases that we see at Akron General Center for Family Medicine. I applied for a Cleveland Clinic Caregivers Catalyst Grant to fund the project and received $88,000 in funding. The idea of the project is to provide healthy food items to 70 patients for a period of 15 weeks. Those food items come from uh, two community vendors and they ship uh, those food items to participants' home, which makes it uh, really convenient for participants. Half of those participants are randomized to receive a weekly produce box. The other half are randomized to receive daily pre-made ready-to-heat-and-serve to meals. Patients recruited into the project have a BMI of 30 and above. They also have to have prediabetes or diabetes and or hypertension. Patients come in for a baseline visit where they complete surveys on food insecurity, depression, dietary practices, and self-efficacy for healthy eating, healthy weight, and chronic disease management. We also get a baseline height, weight, uh, and take their blood pressure, as well as their A1C. Then they return for a follow-up visit approximately 16 weeks after their baseline visit. And at that visit, they complete uh, the same service they did at the baseline visit, and we recheck their weight, blood pressure, and A1C. But very importantly, participants take part in uh, nutrition counseling and education uh, with a dietitian that is provided by the University of Akron Nutrition Center. The uh, Center for Family Medicine at Akron General has a long-standing relationship with the University of Akron Nutrition Center. Uh, we, in fact, do refer our patients there uh, if they need dietary counseling and uh, education. So our participants in this project are getting individualized counseling on modifications they can make to improve their nutrition, to support healthy weight and better blood glucose and blood pressure control. And the University of Akron also very neatly developed for us four videos that our participants are watching. Uh, those videos are on the aforementioned chronic diseases, obesity, diabetes, and blood pressure, high blood pressure. And uh, they get to also keep those 
videos as a resource that they can reference in the future beyond the tenure of this project. Yeah, it's outstanding. I mean, what a phenomenal undertaking. Can you talk a little bit about the barriers that you encountered in, in setting up such a, a large scale and, and high impact project? Yes. Uh, so the biggest barrier that I can uh, state is time. Time, uh, because I was a medical student, had just finished medical school when I uh, started um, intensely working on this project. And I was uh, getting ready to begin my first year of residency, the intern year, which, as you know, is perhaps the most intense year of uh, graduate medical training. So uh, while I was refining my project and getting ready to launch it, I was also juggling all my other program requirements as an intern. The other barrier uh, was that, you know, Cleveland Clinic is a very extensive health system. And I, uh, because of the various components of the program or the project, I had to be in contact with a variety of people in different parts of the system to get everything aligned and everybody on the same page. And that required ongoing communication with just various entities. Yeah, I could see that raising a lot of issues uh, to get it all organized. I imagine you had mentors supporting you with this. How did you identify mentors and faculty to support you and engage with you on this? I think the biggest lesson about this project, Dr. Littman, and its success has been the invaluable mentorship that I received from medical school and residency faculty, right from the project's conception to its execution. I got support uh, for my idea as a medical student and worked closely with the TCC program faculty, as well as faculty in the family medicine program at uh, Akron General. They all uh, helped me so much in bringing this idea to life. So I identified people who are readily available to me and who are willing mentors. When I talked with uh, potential mentors, one thing that I found useful was to communicate with them specifics about what I was looking to do, as well as specific requests or asks of them. Uh, medical school and residency faculty are busy people. So I was very conscientious about getting things done in a timely manner, gathering as much information as I could on any particular issue related to the project, and just providing ample time for them to be able to provide feedback on my ideas. Now, without naming names, we know that sometimes the mentors get too busy and get distracted and, you know, they don't have the same vision that you do. So can you provide people with some guidance on how to get your mentors re-engaged, try to get them back on track without uh, abandoning you? Yes, that's a great point that you bring up, Dr. Littman. And uh, one of the things that I uh, realized very early into my project is that I needed to set or establish uh, dates for project meetings to help everybody uh, come together and uh, have a forum to discuss the project, uh, where we're at, you know, troubleshoot any issues that we were having. So the, one of the very first things that I did was establish project meetings every other Wednesday and put them uh, on a calendar, send that as an invite to my mentor's calendar so that they would uh, be able to have that on their radar and uh, engage with me and the project that way. Yeah, that's good advice. You know, you put in a ton of time and, you know, it sounds like your background and experience in social work and, and other domains of social research helped you to be well-prepared and well-situated to take on such a big project like that. What about somebody who doesn't have that type of experience, someone who's looking to do perhaps a smaller scale project during their training period? 
What advice do you have for them on getting something meaningful off the ground? So I think far from my background, having a goal and really being invested in it and putting in the work is what matters in the end. It helps a lot if the goal is one that fits uh, within one's vision of their career trajectory. I want to work in population health myself and do research as part of my career. So I took on this opportunity as our launching pad. Um, I think additionally, identifying and engaging mentors, as we've talked about, is uh, a key part of that process. And um, we are fortunate here at Cleveland Clinic that the health system has enormous resources and opportunities. And almost always trainees can take advantage of these resources and opportunities. One of the things that uh, kept me going uh, as I was working on this project, despite the time constraints, was uh, just the goal that many trainees have to improve their patient's health was always the focus of my work. And that kept me engaged and kept me motivated throughout this project. I think uh, that there are always opportunities also to improve many of the processes of healthcare delivery. And if uh, a trainee can identify something that they think could make their work better or easier or more fulfilling, then, you know, it is always kind of a nice idea to take on such a challenge. So the last point that I want to make is that um, most residency programs do have uh, a requirement for residents to undertake a scholarly activity at Akron General that is part of the requirements for residency. So uh, that can be an opportunity for residents or trainees to pursue an activity or a project of their interest and have that fulfill the goal of meeting scholarly activity requirements. I feel like with all research, though, there's sort of the excitement at the beginning, and then there's the excitement at the end, and then there's this valley in the middle where it seems like it's never going to work, and maybe this is a bad idea. And so how do you push through that middle part? How do you keep yourself focused, especially with such an ambitious project? That's such a... uh on-point observation because I felt like the last few months I have been living in that valley. Uh, we are just are uh, literally recruiting our last participant, the 70th participant today. So uh, the past few months have been living and trying to kind of push ourselves through that valley of just doing the work and getting to the end. And I think, as I mentioned earlier on, uh, having uh, meetings where people come back together and talk about highs and lows has been an opportunity to kind of get everybody staying with the project and staying with the larger vision. And I think celebrating uh, every every little milestone uh, when we got to our 35th patient halfway through the project, halfway through recruitment, we all celebrated that uh, milestone and uh, just um, reminding ourselves um, why we're doing this and uh, uh, just finding opportunities to walk through the process and get the work done. Yeah, that's great advice. I think celebrating what may seem like small accomplishments along the way, but in reality are major milestones towards completing it. Do you have any results so far of the project or have you heard any feedback from the participants? So we have had feedback from participants. We haven't really uh, delved into the um, data to uh, try to get any type of preliminary findings or results from our work. But uh, some of the uh, informal feedback we have gotten from patients has been that they are um, 
they have been excited about being able to work with a dietitian to receive more uh, information about uh, proper nutrition, healthy eating, and to utilize the skills that they are learning as part of that process to um, help them better manage their chronic diseases. Other feedback that we have gotten from some of the patients is just how useful it's been for them to have uh, healthy food items shipped right to their doorstep when a part of the challenges that they face is being able to either access healthy food items because of transportation challenges or just the time to make it to the grocery store and buy healthy food items. Uh, we also have identified a few participants who are uh, have done really tremendously well. Uh, just uh, this last week, I uh, was uh, informed about a patient who gave the feedback that uh, since starting the program or the project that they have um, lost about 18 pounds, which is amazing. Uh, they are uh, uh, one third way through the project and just because of the information that they have gotten from working with the dietitian and the food items that they have received and being able to utilize the food items as they have been uh, recommended by their dietitian, they have lost so much weight in such a short amount of time. So such wonderful news to hear. Yeah, that's fantastic. What a rewarding experience and congratulations again on getting number 70 uh Today, it sounds like. Yes, today is a big day. So celebrating that milestone. Yeah. Any advice uh, you might provide for other students and other learners moving through this, uh, thinking about um, how to identify a project that is of reasonable scope? You know, this is something that you've undertaken that's of, of really very large importance, but also, you know, an incredible amount of work and takes the resources that you've been able to identify through your Catalyst Grant, through your mentors, through the Cleveland Clinic. So helping people that want to do something impactful but maybe don't have the same access, what might you recommend to them? I think the most immediate way to identify uh, a, a problem or an issue that one can tackle uh, by way of research or a project that they might pursue as part of their residency uh, program is uh, just using daily clinical interactions to identify what's working, what's not working, what are patients uh, communicating to the provider as their needs uh, that are not being met or could be improved in a certain way. I think clinical interactions just makes for uh, a very uh, kind of great ground to be able to identify an issue that one could pursue um, as a scholarly project. That's great advice. Listen to your patients, Correct. hear their problems, and work to address them. I think we've heard that other places in our training, probably. Yes, absolutely. The patients almost always have, um, you know, we know, as we always say, almost always have uh, answers and the most um, insightful feedback and comments about what can be done to or they can do to improve their own health, but also about what's not working for them as far as care goes our health care delivery goes. So what's next? You've got patient 70, write it up real quick, move on. What's next for you? So next, as far as this uh, you know, project goes, we just submitted a st an abstract in their residency and fellows category, uh, the North American Primary Care Group Research Meeting that happens every year. Uh, this year, it's taking place in November. 
in um, Arizona. So uh, we are hopeful that our abstract will be accepted and we will try to attend that. A colleague of mine in my uh, cohort, uh, the PGY2 class, is uh, working with me on this project as well. Uh, then we are also working on write-ups uh, for the project. Our goal is to try to uh, get out publication based on our protocol prior to completing the follow-up visits that we have to do with our patients. Beyond that, uh, you know, we have, uh, as part of this project, we have been interested in looking at six-month six follow-up data as well as 12-month uh, follow-up data and see whether our patients are sustaining some of the or will be sustaining some of the changes that they might make in that short period between the time that they start receiving food items to the time that they complete receiving food items. So all those things are in the works. And uh, uh, beyond that, just more of the daily grind in training. That's great. Well, uh, our podcast is called MedEd Thread. So why don't you help us to take all these threads and tie them together? Uh, any summary points you'd like to make for people that are listening? Yes. Uh, so summary points, I would say one, uh, there's always opportunities to um, do more as part of uh, training. Uh, training is uh, a very intense period of time, but I think trying to identify a passion project and pursuing it can help make training fulfilling uh, despite the, you know, the, the, the hassles and bustles of the daily grind. And I think uh, the other key point I want to make is that uh, there are mentors all around. Uh, mentors are busy people, for sure, but are often energized by trainees who are coming in with ideas and want to pursue a project. Those things I have had from my mentors keep them energized, remind them of why they uh, chose to do or practice uh, within our academic center. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on everything you've accomplished and the very bright future that certainly lies ahead for you. Now, this has been a terrific conversation. I uh, appreciate your being here. And for our listeners, we thank you very much for being here and look forward to speaking with you next time. Thank you very much for having me. This concludes this episode of MedEd Thread, a Cleveland Clinic Education Institute podcast. Be sure to subscribe to hear new episodes via iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to MedEd Thread, and please join us again soon.